You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM, and this week we're tackling the devil you know. Or, I guess, the devils you don't know, because this is the first episode of the devils, and if you knew about them already, why would we be doing an episode about them? You can find The Devils on page 66 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. This is another one of the big monster groups of 5th edition. There's tons to go through here. This episode is going to be about the concept, a little bit of The Devils, as well as the three weakest types of devil. Future episodes will tackle three to four devils as we work our way through the entire nine hells. Just like demons, devils are extraplanar monsters from the nine hells. They are the sort of the polar opposite of demons, where demons are chaotic and shambolic and want only chaos and destruction. Devils are all about tyranny. They are all about authority and rule and control. Uh, they are lawful evil, sort of schemers and tyrants and taskmasters. Their sort of economy of the Nine Hells runs entirely on souls that are pledged to them. And they have this very strict hierarchy that, unlike the demon hierarchy that is just all about strength, there are particular roles and particular tasks that devils are assigned. And it kind of has this corporate bureaucracy element of them backstabbing each other to climb higher in the ranks. They are also constantly at war with demons in the Blood War, and that's what makes the Blood War so interesting, right? Is it's not good versus evil, it's evil versus evil, just two different types of evil. Now, mechanically, there are about a dozen demons in 5e, and they only seem to share a couple of traits. They have resistance to cold, as well as immunity to fire and poison, and the poison condition. They also have a power called Devil's Sight, uh, that's pretty common across them, meaning that they can basically see in all forms of darkness, including magical darkness. Today, we're going to start at the bottom of the CR, and we're going to tackle the three weakest devils in the 5th edition Monster Manual. The Lemure, the Imp, and the Spinagon, or the Spined Devil. The Lemure is sort of the lowest of the low, a pitiful lump of flesh, the form that a newly consigned soul takes in the Nine Hells. It's CR zero, it's got normal devil resistances, it can't speak, it has devil sight, um, and it's got a power called Hellish Rejuvenation, which means that they respawn even if they're killed in the Nine Hells, unlike uh, most other devils who, if they're destroyed in the Nine Hells, are permanently destroyed. It also has a fist attack for 1d4 damage. Now, the imp is sort of the devil's answer to the closet. This is sort of a tricksy, familiar type. It's a CR1 tiny fiend. It can fly with 40-foot speed. It's got shape changer. It can turn into a rat, a raven, or a spider. It has devil sight, magic resistance. It's got a sting, like a scorpion stinger for poison damage. And it also has invisibility as an action. And then lastly, the spined devil is sort of a winged courier, messenger, spy creature. Um, it's capable of throwing spikes from its tail. The CR2 also has a 40-foot fly speed. It's got devil resistances and devil sight. It's got fly-by attack, magic resistance. It's got multi-attack with a bite. Um, it's got like a, like a, they call it a fork, but it's sort of like a little bident. And then it's tail spines, of which it only has 12. Yeah, those are the three devils we're going to cover today. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the history of devils as a concept across all the editions of Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. 
Devils first appeared in the 1977 first edition Monster Manual in pretty much the same format that they do here. They are evil and lawful, they have a desire for promotion, they also have a huge list of spell-like abilities they can use, things like Charm Person and Teleportation, and a bunch of nonsense about devil talismans that I just kind of skimmed. The Lemure does make its first appearance here, and it's pretty much the same, except that instead of hellish rejuvenation, it's got a more standard regeneration, which I actually kind of think is cooler and something we'll talk about later. The Imp shows up here too, but it took some doing to find. It's not listed under the Devils, instead it's its own section, although in the lore of that section they do make a point that it is a, a form of Devil, so why it's not with the Devils, who knows. The only other thing of note with the first edition Imp is that they add a goat as one of the forms it can take, so all of my Black Phillip stands out there rejoice. The Spine Devil, however, does not appear in Monster Manual 1, but does show up in Monster Manual 2 in first edition, and they make this interesting point that the fire damage that the spines deal comes when you pull the spines out, which I actually think is kind of a cool mechanic and something we might steal as well. Now, just like demons, in 2nd edition, devils were kind of caught up in a sweep of the satanic panic and had kind of a branding issue. Devils are rebranded as Beyatsu. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's how I've always said it in my head, but that could very well be wrong, as opposed to the demon Tenari. And this is also where the Blood War makes its first appearance. In 2nd edition, the Lemure is pretty much the same, but they do make a point that they are sometimes sort of randomly chosen to become a Spine Devils, uh, which has a big sweepstakes energy that I really like, that they skip right over Imps and go right to Spined Devils. 2nd edition's Imp makes the point that they are often summoned by the Find Familiar spell, like, on accident, and pose as a normal familiar, but then try to corrupt the summoner who cast them, which is awesome, and I definitely think should be a part of both Fine Familiar and the Imstad block. Very, very cool. The Spine Devil, or the Spinagon, as it's renamed in 2nd edition, are described as being like herders of Lemures, like shepherds, which I think is kind of an awesome image, particularly since they have those forks, right, kind of like a shepherd's crook. The idea of the Spined Devils being sort of the beleaguered babysitters of all of these wailing souls in the, in the Nine Hells is pretty cool. 3.5 doesn't change much about the devils. They do add the idea of sort of devil summoning, that they can summon each other. But otherwise, most of the devils are pretty much the same. Lemure doesn't have any major changes. The imp does add a suggestion power, which I think can really help with the temptation angle we talked about. And then the spine devil does not appear in the monster manual, but is instead shunted to the manual of the planes. And they specifically make a point here, in contrast to 5th edition, that the spine devil can regenerate its spikes and does not have a limited number of them. Now, 4E really redesigns the lore behind the devils and pulls a lot from kind of Christian mythology. The idea is that Asmodeus, who is the ruler of the Nine Hells, is a fallen divinity of some kind. They're never 100% clear whether he's a god or whether he's an angel or what the deal is. But when he falls, he takes a bunch of his underlings with him and they kind of become the basis for the first devils. So yeah, again, very Christian, but kind of interesting and definitely something different than just sort of the like random spawning beasts of the abyss. It does answer the question of where do devils come from, right? As far as I can tell, there does not appear to be a Lemure in 4E. If anyone can find one, let me know, but I couldn't dig it up. The imp is essentially the same here. The only interesting note is that they make a point that, that imps are often fonts of extraplanar knowledge and that capturing or binding one is a good way to learn about the Nine Hells. And the Spine Devil is pretty much the same, but it's actually pretty nasty. It mainly has one hit that just deals a pile of like successive damage. It's got the initial kind of piercing damage, and then it has fire, and then it has poison. So it is a particularly gnarly devil to try and fight. And that is the history of the devils across all five editions of D&D. 
all the way up to 5th edition. And we're going to talk about how I think that 5e handles the devils really well coming up next. Like I said with demons, one of the great things about fiends is that they can just be unequivocally evil, and you don't have to justify why. You don't have to wring your hands about their morality or their agenda or their agency. It's very clear as to why a fiend would be evil. It is a creature composed of pure evil energy, a nice no-brainer. But I would have to say that I think between demons and devils, devils are probably my favorite. I think they're a lot more fun, and they feel a lot more human. There's something more relatable about the idea of an oppressive system that is crushing the people who work under it. Boy, where have we heard that before? They make also make a lot better comedy, I think, than demons. Easy to kind of like lampoon, you know, especially an evil corporate bureaucracy, right? It's very fun, very cartoonish, and there's a certain sort of... Devils have rules they have to play by, and that makes them a lot more interesting as villains than just sort of like a mad, frothing demon. Mad, frothing demons definitely have their place, but devils feel like they have more staying power as villains. I've said it before, but I think the Blood War is really cool and interesting. I, I don't use a lot of standard lore, but that's one of the things that I think is actually very well designed. I like the idea of these two evil powers locked in this perpetual stalemate, that the devils are ostensibly sort of saving the multiverse from these demon hordes, but they, in order to do that, they have to be particularly evil, right? That You could absolutely see a narrative where the devils who are on the front lines of the Blood War have slowly begun to turn to evil. Maybe they were once celestials, and that the need to constantly fight back this endless tide of demons is what turned them to evil, right? And quote, required, end quote, their tyranny in order to maintain this endless war machine. Now, as always, when we do a multiple monster episode like this, I want to do one positive thing for each of them. So I would definitely say that, that the Lemure is more interesting than the Mains. I never quite understood lore-wise where the Mains was supposed to fall, but a Lemure as kind of like an eternally tortured, poor, unfortunate soul really makes a lot of sense to me. It's what becomes of your soul when you make a bargain with a devil. And that lore is very clear and evocative and understandable. My favorite thing about the imp is really, really small. I think the image of the scorpion tail is really cool. I think a lot of times it's e easy to fall back on basic stuff like forked tails and things. But something about it having this this insectile tail uh, with the big kind of venom sack is just makes co for cool art and cool imagery. I like that design on the imp. My favorite thing about the spine devil is definitely the fact that the spines also deal fire damage. It has this just extra little nasty bit of infernal flavor to it that I really like. It's not just piercing, it's also fire. And the, the visceral description of that, that it burns inside your skin, is really, really cool. But next up, we're going to talk about things that we don't like so much about 5e's interpretation of devils. Coming up next. Now, I hesitate to call this a problem, but it is something that sometimes stops me from running devils in my games. They're a little bit tricky to play. The conceit with a devil, right, is that it is this sort of crafty, cunning, legalistic manipulator. There's a certain wickedness that you need to play a devil properly, and sometimes it's hard to sort of generate that on the spot. They take a little bit more work, I think, than demons. Demons, because they are just sort of chomping monsters, don't really require the extra brain power that a devil does, and that can sometimes be intimidating. It's that, how do I play a lich with 20 intelligence problem, right? Again, that's not the devil's fault, but it does make me hesitate whenever I want to include one in my game. The second big drawback to the devil, I think, is that they once again have no universal power. 
I mean, Devil Sight technically exists, but the idea that they have dark vision that's even better than magical darkness is so niche that it's almost never going to come up. Like we did with the demons, we're definitely going to talk about a universal power to give the devil. And I think I have a cool idea, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then lastly, we'll talk about one drawback to each one of the three devils in this episode. The Lemure is, of course, very boring. I understand that it's intended to be boring, but there's no interesting mechanical expression of this thing. Hellish Rejuvenation is a cool idea, but it doesn't really mean anything in terms of encountering them in any kind of a combat scenario. So there's some mechanical work that needs to be done on the Lemure for sure. The Imp is just... It's weird. It feels just worse than the Quasit in almost every way. The Quasit at least has the Frighten power. Maybe it can't fly, but it just feels eh, not as interesting to me as the Quasit. It either A, feels too samey to the Quasit, but then somehow less because it doesn't have the Frighten power. I guess it can fly, but it, in every other respect, it's just not as interesting. I feel like the Imp is missing something cool. Sort of piggybacking off of that, my complaint with the Spine Devil is that it just sort of feels like an imp. It's sort of a, a winged spy messenger creature. I guess it's not really like a familiar in the way that an imp is meant to be, but there's nothing else that the Spine Devil is really doing that's all that interesting. They have a quote in the Monster Manual that's obviously a Wizard of Oz reference that's, you know, fly, my pretties, fly. And the idea of them, yeah, like in great flocks, like flying monkeys is kind of cool. But I don't necessarily know that, that they execute on that concept, right? That's maybe a mechanical thing we can talk about in just a second. In fact, let's do that. Let's dive right in. What are we going to do about these devils to make their mechanics and their lore more interesting uh, than they currently are? So for the universal power, I like the idea that it is in some way a response or a parody of the demon's universal power, their uh, abyssal hunger, that it triggers off when a character goes unconscious, right? For our demons, whenever a, a creature drops unconscious, they get more powerful and there's a chance that they mutate into a more powerful demon. I wonder if we offer the character a bargain. I was inspired by an actual play Descent into Avernus stream. I thought this was in the adventure, but I think the GM just made this up on the spot, where a character who went unconscious was approached by an archdevil and was basically said, hey, I will restore you if you, you know, agree to do this or swear your soul to me or do whatever, right? And the player ended up doing it because it was more interesting. But I loved that idea that whenever you drop unconscious, you are given this weird little scene where the devil basically offers you like, hey, in exchange for your soul, you can stand back up full strength, all spell slots, all that stuff, right? Just give me your soul. I think something like that is really, really fun, right? That like you'd have to find the right way to mechanize it, but say whenever a character makes a death saving throw, they can instead choose to surrender their soul. If they do, they, you know, are restored to full hit points, full spell slots, all that stuff as though they had just taken a long rest. But then the devil either sequesters their soul or maybe even the devil, there's a chance the devil gets promoted because it finally got that one last soul it needed to push it over and it becomes a new type of devil. So it's similar to a demon, but under different context, right? And again, it's that bargain idea, right? Like, do you, that can really, really turn the tide of a battle if suddenly you're all the way back up with full everything. But you can only do it once, right? Because once your soul is consigned, you can't do it again. And then there would definitely be narrative consequences down the line that a dungeon master could play with there. So that's my proposal, right? Calling it like infernal bargain uh, to play off of abyssal hunger and to make it about making a deal with the devil. Now, my second suggestion plays off of this idea too. And I know Avernus touches into this, but I would love a little bit more context into what kinds of bargains devils would make. Definitely exchanging your soul is one thing, but like a sidebar about these are benefits a player could get, you know, outside of combat when they make a deal with a devil in exchange for their soul. So what kinds of powers could you get? Does it function like a wish spell? Does it function like something else? You know, how does a devil negotiate a contract or something like that? Just a little bit more lore about how that works, I think could be really neat. 
And then let's do one suggestion for each one of our three devils. My suggestion for the Lemure is actually to return to first edition and say that they have like proper regeneration. The notion that like once a soul is consigned to the nine hells, it's kind of indestructible. Like it doesn't deal much damage and you can definitely like kind of knock one out. But the notion of them, they just constantly get hit points back and they constantly reform makes them a lot more threatening of an enemy. An individual Lemure, no, not scary, but like a field of them, a herd of Lemure. Yeah, if they're just constantly coming back up and swinging. Maybe they're not going to hit you very often, but if there's a hundred of them, then eventually, yeah, they will start to like drag you down amongst them. So rather than hellish rejuvenation, I would say give them proper regeneration where they just constantly start back at one hit point every time or whatever, right? That to me makes them a lot scarier as a sort of grasping horde of wailing souls. My imp suggestion is a little weirder, and I think it's that, yeah, you work that find familiar idea back in, right? You say that there is an, every time you cast find familiar, there's an X amount of chance that instead of an arcane spirit, you get an imp disguised as an arcane spirit, right? And it's just trying to tempt you and pull you along. I wouldn't mind giving them suggestion back again, especially to, to pair with this, because it feels like they're not really good tempters right now, kind of like the closet was. There's not a lot going on there. And I think suggestion is a lot more appropriate of a power for an imp than the kind of temptation power we did for the closet. Where the closet just wants chaos and, and violence, the imp could definitely have a bigger plan and a longer scheme if they are a devil and they're lawful evil. And then my suggestion for the spined devil is to break down the spine damage a little bit. It deals piercing damage initially and then maybe like poison damage each round that it's in you. And then when you pull it out, it deals fire damage, right? So kind of harkening back to that fourth edition idea, but it makes them feel a little bit more deadly. You could also do kind of a flying monkey thing and have them grab targets and carry them into the air, right? If the idea is that they're like infernal kidnappers, that's kind of a cool flavor, right? That they swoop in and they pick up humanoids and carry them away. Feels a lot more interesting to me than just they shoot spikes at you. So maybe that's too many ideas for the spine devil, but just a little bit more of a redesign, maybe hearkening back to some of those cool fourth edition mechanics. And with that, that concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening. This is the first of what I anticipate will be three devil episodes. There are actually a few fewer devils in 5th edition than there were demons. So hopefully we can get it done in three episodes rather than four. But if you'd like to see us redesign these devils, you can swing by our stream Thursdays at 2 p.m. on our YouTube channel. Check out the link below in the description for the podcast. Um, we'll be redesigning both the devils and any other monsters that cross our path as we continue to work our way through the Ds. But until then, thank you so much for listening. I hope it wasn't too much of an imp position. Oof. And happy adventuring. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter at ProDMTimothy. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month gets you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash ProDM. You can catch those monster redesigned streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. PST on our YouTube channel. The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>